Welcome to the Holy Yes Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Washington. And God, in this moment, I pray that you do that thing where the room fills with your glory. Let's roll for another revolutionary conversation of faith, business, and money. All right, today I want to talk to you about momentum. I just got back from a five-week journey, trip, adventure through Europe. And the entire time I was having my mind blown over and over and over and over and over again. And I think in the self-development world, there's so much talk about what to do and how to regulate your nervous system when there's a lot of pain or discomfort happening or when there is a lot of stress or something is challenging you in this painful way that's creating some sort of suffering. And I noticed in Europe, there were so many moments in so many days where I got to the end of the day and all I could utter out was thank you. And every single day somehow topped the next. And it dawned on me that I was feeling a little bit deregulated in all of it. I was feeling I was feeling like at any moment this could potentially be over and I was watching my mind go to worst case scenarios and just having a really hard time digesting, metabolizing, receiving and being present with all the goodness that was happening. And I don't think that there's a large enough conversation around what to do when life is truly working out and how to really regulate your nervous system and dilate your senses to be able to receive and be in relationship with life in that way. So I wanna talk to you about momentum. I wanna talk to you about what I've learned about momentum over these last few weeks, how this has played a role in where I am today and how Europe really put the pieces together on some breakthroughs that happened years ago. There were so many moments where I saw things come full circle. And right before this podcast, I was talking with John, my producer, about momentum and what it really means to pause and receive the gift of the moment before going into the next thing. And after coming back from a trip like Europe, there's this feeling of like, what's next? And needing there to be something coming up to calm the restless feeling of what you just came out of. So there's a lot of different stages to momentum that I'm going to talk about in today's episode. And I want you to listen in and feel for which stage you're at so that you can really be in that stage and not think or be under the perception that it should be or you should be somewhere else. So I'm going to read an excerpt from my book that I'm writing right now. I don't know if you guys are following me on Instagram. If you aren't, I hope you are because there's so much more stuff that happens on that side of the internet. But I'm going to, this episode is going to kind of be chaotic. Are you ready? Because I feel like I have so much to talk with y'all about. (laughs) But when I was in Vancouver earlier this summer, I cut out like two weeks in the month of June to go write my money book. And in the last, this will air in December. So a couple episodes back, episode four, I shared the first chapter of that book called The River. And it was all about money and God and our relationship with money and God. So I went to Vancouver thinking like, I'm going to finish that book and that's going to be the first book that I publish. 
But as I was in Vancouver, this whole other book started to reveal itself, one that's already been written through my spoken word. It just needs to be documented and put together. And then as I got back, my team and as we're just going through all the different projects and all, and just life is lifing again, this idea came to us that the book is like a coffee table book where you can open it up to a random page and there's just bits and pieces and random excerpts of things that I've said, teachings that I've put together over the last two, three years. And so that's the book that's being written now alongside the money book. And it's actually going to be the first book. And the name of that book is Holy Yes, which is so beautiful because I had no idea that it was going to be such an extension of the podcast. So this excerpt that I'm going to read to you right now is a page from that book and it talks about momentum. And I wrote it when I was right on the edge of stabilizing our first seven-figure year. And I remember feeling very chaotic during that time and wondering why what was seemingly such a good moment in my life was feeling so chaotic. And then when I was in Europe, I noticed that same sensation creep in. So I'm going to start by reading this to lay the foundation, and then we'll get into a bigger conversation and see what God has in store for us. (laughs) All right. Momentum will always feel like chaos until you learn how to stabilize it. The momentum of money, the momentum of growth, the momentum of people seeing your work, the momentum of goodness. So many people sabotage their success because they confuse momentum with chaos. In order to stabilize the momentum, you're going to be delivered people, scenarios, and situations that will press into your faith, that will question your boundaries, that will tempt you to break your word and rival with your commitment. It will feel like the ultimate correction from God, and your brain will label it chaos until you learn how to stabilize it, how to move with it, how to give yourself to it. So this is where I want to start, is the difference between watching momentum happen and sabotaging it because your brain is accidentally labeling it as chaos and experiencing momentum and giving yourself to momentum. Anytime I'm given a word, I always go straight to the dictionary because like I said, I believe that there's codes and secrets and wisdom and language. When I looked up the dictionary definition of momentum, it says, it's the quantity of motion of a moving body measured as a product of its mass and velocity. It's the impetus gained by a moving object. The impetus being the driving force that gains momentum by the development of a process or a course of events. It's the strength or force gained by motion or a series of events. The Latin root of the word momentum is movere, which is to move. And as I was breaking down this word, it started to dawn on me that the momentum is not the end result or the one moment in time. It's a series of events. And when we raise our hand for a specific vision or we cast a dream or we say yes, that comes with a series of events that is momentous and puts things into motion. And if we are not fully 
present to it and we're not able to receive what those events are showing us or what those events are moving through us, then we will confuse it for chaos and inevitably delay it or try to slow it down. But anytime momentum is picking up in my life, there's this feeling of things being out of control. And if you're anything like me, that feels like death. That feels like something really bad is happening. So I can recount so many times throughout my life where I've confused really good momentum for something bad is happening. And I've interrupted the process, interrupted the event, interrupted the velocity. It's interesting how a car gains momentum as it goes downhill. Like really picture that in your head right now. The car is gaining momentum as it goes downhill. That's often what it feels like when things are going really well. There's this inevitable sensation of, it feels like I'm going downhill. It feels like things are out of control. But what happens at the end of that hill is the road stabilizes and evens out. And if we don't trust that, then we will inevitably, like I said, delay the momentum that's happening as we're moving in motion towards the thing. So I'm in Europe and it's five countries in five weeks. I'm going out on a whim and really trusting myself on this trip more than I've ever trusted myself before. There are parts of the trip that I planned, parts of the trip that I just left open and spacious so that I could really rely on my intuition. And throughout the trip, I could really see for the first time all the ways that I like to keep things in a certain order. And if you've traveled out of two suitcases before for an extended period of time, eventually the order in which you lived your everyday life just goes away and you're absolutely immersed in the moment and you're immersed in the presence of what is happening right now? Where am I going to eat today? Where am I going to go today? Like what is, what is it that I need? I'm in an unfamiliar place. So all these comfort zones and all these lines of stability that I usually rely on were gone. And that opened me to a sensation and a spontaneous joy that I have not experienced in a really long time. What's so interesting to me, for me, pain doesn't feel as chaotic as joy. And I thought that was so powerful to recognize. And going back to what I said about momentum will feel like chaos until we stabilize it. The joy of momentum, the joy of life getting better and better and better, the joy of this series of events, regardless of how they turn out, being so beautiful in nature is more chaotic to me than pain. And the most recent pain I can compare it to is a breakup that I went through. That felt so isolating and so controllable in some ways. Like I could control how I was moving through that moment. I could almost predict what was going to happen next. And when we're going through deep grief or deep pain, for me, my coping mechanism is sometimes to numb or, like I said, to isolate myself. So it creates this very controllable environment that I can really navigate my next steps through. And when I was thinking about Europe and I'm experiencing this unbridled, untethered, uncontrollable joy... That felt so chaotic and all over the place. I couldn't even keep up with what was happening in my body. I couldn't keep up with 
what was going on. Everything felt so fast, so furious, so alive, so juicy. Every touch felt new. Every taste felt sensational. Everything I was looking at was just brand new. And that was threatening to my nervous system in a big way. And I'm a Scorpio. Deep down, I have a very healthy relationship with pain. I'm not afraid of pain. I'm not afraid of feeling uncomfortable things. I even remember growing up, I was like an emo kid. I would love listening to songs that made me sad. And I know there's somebody on the other side of this that can relate. Like I would put on sad music and just get cozy and be sad. And it was this comforting thing. Or I would listen and read poetry that made me feel different emotions, but it definitely was not joy. It was like comfort or contentment or just wanting to experience a release. And so I would often dwell and immerse myself in those emotional moments. So this sensation of joy, enthusiasm, velocity, this, it felt like a blossoming was very new to my nervous system and felt very chaotic to my nervous system. And I had to really work on being present and not needing the moment to be any different. I realized that we don't trust the momentum when we don't trust the moment. And there were many moments when I was traveling where I was questioning, like, is this right? Is this the right move? Is something going to happen? Some, like, when is this all going to be over? It was almost like I was rushing to the finish line, but also trying to stretch out the moment as long as possible. It was just such a learning experience. It was such a learning experience to be present in that new way. And it was so humbling because I live a pretty big life. I take risks on a daily basis through my business, through my voice. I say yes to really big dreams and big visions. And I've worked really hard to be in a place where I can do that in a stabilized way without letting fear hold me back. And for some reason, this trip was such a a humbling moment of, yes, you can do all of that, but can you also say yes to simplicity? Can you say yes to this exact moment being beautiful as it is? Can you say yes to not knowing what's going to happen next? And if you're a big visionary or you have an entrepreneurial spirit, there's a part of you inevitably that is always going to look at what's going to be happening next? Where is this going to end up? Like we have very strategic minds. Nothing that I do is by accident. I have a, a vision, an assignment that I'm after. And that relentless commitment has served me in so many ways. And there's this beauty that I'm tapping into right now, this softening of none of that really matters if I can't sit and enjoy a meal by myself if I can't look at a building and pause and take a deep breath, if I can't meet a stranger and make eye contact and create a connection within a few minutes. So to immerse yourself in a completely new environment shows you your relationship with unfamiliar territory. It shows you your relationship with eye contact, intimacy, and presence. And I realized that all those small moments were a series of events that were testing me, training me, correcting me, and building perpetual momentum for what is occurring on the other side of this trip, which is what I'm experiencing right now with this podcast, with my work, with my book, with my voice. So I say all this to remind us that momentum 
hides itself in the small moments. And momentum is usually found in a handshake or a moment in time that we think is insignificant. But when we get to the other side, we see, wow, that event, that piece was so pivotal in what I'm experiencing right now. That piece is so important to what it is that I'm able to hold in this moment. So I want to talk about the stages of momentum and how they all build together. And then you can see for yourself where you're at. We have to take almost an eagle perspective and zoom out and really understand how momentum is coming together, how it's all building to create this lasting experience in our body, not even in our life, but in our body. Because if you were to ask me what happened in Europe, I actually have no idea. But my body holds it in this new way. And I can now experience the world with that new breath, with these new eyes, with that new body. So stage number one to me is the dream. I said this on my stories recently. As I launched this podcast, I realized that our dreams come with a runway. And it's often not the dream that scares us, but it's the runway that that dream is going to open up that intimidates us. So it's one thing to dream the dream, and it's another thing to actually move and give ourselves to that dream. The dream state is where we're starting to first make connection with the desires that God has placed on our heart. I'll often say that our desires are literally an encounter with God. If you look at the root word desire, it means to be in existence, to be, which I thought was so interesting because we usually associate desire with things or externally receiving that thing out there. But the most archaic definition of desire is to be. So when we connect our desire to be in relationship with God, when that's our primary desire that's living at the root of every request that we make, it purifies the experience of desire and it brings us closer to our creator and it allows us to co-create with the velocity that God can add to our life. So for me, the dream is recognizing those desires, not making those desires wrong, feeling and experiencing the sensation of those desires before you actually do anything with them. It's eyes closed, experiencing, seeing, tasting, believing, and adding faith to what it is that God is showing you. This trip to Europe, for example, was something that I've tasted, felt in my body, experienced with eyes closed so many different times. And I thought that I needed a partner or this perfect timing or a certain amount of money to make it happen. And it turns out all I needed to do was say yes. And as I was landing in Spain for the first time, I remember it being so much easier than I thought it was going to be. I'm sitting in my seat. The plane, the plane ride was only six hours. In my head, I was like, I'm going to be on this plane for 24 hours. I think I'm scarred from Bali. Like that was on another level. But Spain was only six hours away. By the time I landed, I was like, this is so easy. Why, why did I make it so much bigger in my head? And it's because I didn't let the dream go into stage two, which is the void. The void is where most people avoid because it's really rich with mystery. And if your relationship with mystery is not 
healthy or you don't have a relationship with mystery or somebody who always needs to know what's happening in order to enjoy or believe the process, then you're going to avoid this stage. And so many dreams never get actualized because we run away from the void. But the void is really connected to our imagination. And I want to paint a picture for you. There's the dream that you have in your body with your eyes closed. And then there's the vision that God holds for your life. The void is the imagination. It's the bridge that stands between the two. So many people don't cross that bridge because their imagination is tied up in something else that is distracting them. And my imagination was imagining this Europe trip as this big, hard thing. I was thinking about how hard the plane ride was going to be, how hard it was going to mean, like, mean to maneuver my schedule, how hard it was going to be to run my business abroad, how my I was coming up with these imaginative worst case scenarios that were pulling me off the bridge and having me be distracted from the next step of momentum. So as I was landing in Spain, I saw so clearly where I was not fully believing in the velocity and the hand that God plays in everything. It's only when I'm dreaming by myself that my imagination gets attacked and distracted. And this is why I'm always yelling at y'all to protect your imagination because your imagination is the paintbrush. It is the one space that presents itself as reality. That's why the enemy of the mind will come and attack it. That's why we have to be very relentless and committed to healing our imagination. And oftentimes my prayer with God is don't heal what's out there. Heal my imagination. Heal how I'm using your paintbrush. Heal how I'm utilizing this higher faculty so I can use it for your will and not as a distraction to where you would have me go. And it's in the void that our imagination is most active because that's where our trust is required. And there's this waiting period of Okay, the vision hasn't fully formed yet, but I see the dream so clearly. So surely the vision has to be coming. And then no, it's like, okay, I got to wait, I got to wait, I got to wait, I got to wait. Or maybe God is asking me to do this over here. And there's this feeling of, okay, when is it going to just be clear? When is it just going to be like the seas open up and here's my next step? And I'm telling you right now from experience that very rarely happens. Very rarely do I go from dream to, oh my God, I know the exact next step and then boom, I'm going to get the vision. That doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. It happens with, I have this dream. My eyes are closed. I'm experiencing and feeling the desires that God has placed on my heart. I don't know why they're there, but I can just feel them. I can sense them as if I've known them my whole life, they're there. And then I go into this void, this mysterious place before the invisible can become visible, the space between, before the thing happens, before the, the I turn the corner and I'm being asked to trust and walk by my faith, not by my sight. And I get distracted. And then I start to try to put the pieces together. And I say, God, you're taking too long. So now I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And then I end up getting myself in this huge mess. And then I go back to God and I say, God, can you help me get out of this mess and get me back on track? That's what usually ends up happening in the void. And I know there's somebody listening right now who's like, yep, that's what I do every time. So what I'm seeing is our 
opportunity here is in the void using our imagination for God's will. So when you have the dream, this is where you have to merge it with your faith. You have to merge it with God's will. Let me go back to this definition because this is really big. Momentum by definition says the quantity of motion of a moving body. You are the body. Measured as a product of its velocity. God is the velocity that moves that body. So let's read this as if it's you. Momentum is you in motion as the body that's being measured as a product of God's velocity. So that's what's happening in the void. This is where God does his greatest work is in the void. And so many people confuse the unknown for not knowing God. But the unknown is where we merge with God and we build our strength with God and we fully trust God. That's where your prayer begins to prepare you. That's where your rest begins to ready you. That's where you need God the most because the vision is the next stage, stage three. And God is the one who turns your dream into a vision. But when you try to turn that dream into a vision, that's where things get messy. That's where things get out of order. So stage three, when we enter into the vision, and this is what I felt when I was on this trip, there were so many times where I felt there is no way I could have done this. Like There's no way that I could have crafted this moment as beautifully and perfect as it is right now. And I sat there and, you know, visualized what Europe was going to be like many weeks before I was going to leave. And when I was driving through Tuscany, I remember specifically driving through Tuscany, I pulled over the car and I looked around and I just started crying because I was in such a deep state of gratitude for the vision that God was showing me. And I was so grateful that I didn't try to be the one that made this vision happen, that I was willing to be surprised, that I was willing to be in that void and let God carry me and move me into the vision that God has for me. Because Tuscany wasn't even supposed to happen. So I was in Ibiza and my plan was to go to Barcelona and teach and do some work and write the book. A few days before I was supposed to leave, I just got this huge hit that I was not supposed to go to Barcelona. It just wasn't supposed to happen. And I was confused because, I mean, I'm about to leave in three days and I'm a spontaneous traveler. Like I booked my flights the day before I'm supposed to leave. But this was feeling like a little bit off because I'm in a new space and there's things you need to prepare for different countries. So I paused, I'm in the void and I'm feeling already the momentum of my dreams. Like I'm at this point in the momentum. Life is feeling chaotic in the best, most expansive way possible. And I remember that my good friend Chelsea is going to be flying into Rome around that same time. She messages me and says, you should come to Rome. I'm going to be I'm going to be there for my my daughter's birthday and then I'm flying out. It's going to be like a quick, you know, I think she was there for like a week. And I was like, great, I'll come meet you for a couple of days because I wasn't sure how much I would enjoy Rome and I didn't want to overcommit. So all I feel myself being redirected in this moment. So I booked the ticket to Rome literally the day before I'm supposed to leave. I get into Rome 
It is one of the craziest, most insane cities. I was like, why am I here? This is wild. I don't know how people actually drive there, but they do. And it it just blew my mind. It blew me wide open. So I picked my hotel, like I'm on the plane booking my hotel, landed there, get to Rome, fall in love, meet up with Chelsea. I'll have a whole other episode for that specific trip in Rome, but it was absolutely enormously important that I go there. And the reason why is my comfort zone is the coastline. I live in a small beach town. It's beautiful. It's hard to even comprehend sometimes how beautiful it is. So when I'm going to these other countries, I'm always I'm always flabbergasted because you're in this new space and it's beautiful, but I don't, I'm not leaving, you know, a space where I need to get away from. I chose to live in an area that quite literally feels like a vacation each day. So when I get to Rome, I realized that my body needed the city to wake me up. I needed to be in this very active, dilating challenging city to wake up some senses that were going to be necessary for where God was taking me next. And I could feel it when I got to Rome because I was just in Ibiza, which was, you know, very much so island life, beach, very slow, chill. Whereas Rome, I mean, I'm standing, I feel like I'm standing in the middle of a snow globe and there's just move things moving all around me. So I had to just completely recalibrate my energy and these senses started to wake up and I started to feel alive inside. And if you know me, you know that I'm from Chicago, originally Chicago area. I spent most of my 20s there. So that city girl, she came all the way on and I fell back in love with the pace of life that is relentless and so bold and so unapologetic in the way that it moves. And that rubbed off on me and I I needed that for where I was going next. So now I'm in Italy unexpectedly and Chelsea's leaving. It's time for me to figure out where I'm going to go next. Rome had done me all the way up. I was like, by the time I was done with Rome, I was like, okay, I need a break. Like this is intense. So I was like, where can I go where I'm just going to be at peace? And at this point, I'm getting closer to teaching Kingdom Codes, the first installment of the faith-based business bundle. And I knew I needed to be somewhere silent where it was like me and the moon and maybe a couple cows. Like I, I was like, where can I go where that's going to be available to me? And then God showed me Tuscany. So of course I listened. So I flew to Florence and then I got a rental car because I've always had this dream. And the dream actually activated when I landed in Florence. I remembered this dream that I said to an ex-partner, I said, I want to rent a car and my dream is to drive in the countryside of Europe somewhere. And here I am at Avis about to rent a car and drive in the countryside. So all these things are coming together in the moment. Again, this feels very chaotic. So if this episode sounds chaotic, imagine actually being in the moment. So I land in Florence. At this point, I don't even know where I'm staying. I'm booking as I go, quite literally. So. I get the car, I go on Airbnb, I find this villa. It is absolutely insane. It's in the middle of this amazing field with tons of olive trees surrounded by, you know, rolling hills and 
There's a huge swimming pool. It's freezing. I can't swim in it, but I need to see water. I'm weird. I'm a water sign. So I was like, here's this pool. It's a two-story. I have access to fresh produce. It's in a small village. Okay. It just fits everything that God was showing me. So I booked that and I said, I'm going to teach kingdom codes from this place. And as I'm driving, it's starting to dawn on me what it really means to trust God and to really trust the moment and just how much we have to surrender, how we think the dream is going to come into form and how we don't just trust God because we should or we have to, but because we love God. And that's what started to come alive as I was driving was this deep love for my creator and this deep appreciation for the nature and the environments and the and the beauty that God has created and brought to life. And all of a sudden I realized that I was in the vision of the dream and I could rush this moment and question it and sabotage it or I could receive it. We have to remember that if you don't receive it, you're never going to retain it. If you don't receive the moment and receive the, the vision that God has placed you in, not the vision that you can you know project out on a screen, but oftentimes it's like, look around, you are in the vision of the dream and we have to receive it. That is where we start to retain and stabilize the body that can move in that direction and move with that much velocity. And I started to really feel for the first time what it was like to circulate God's power, not my power, but God's power. And it was really confronting and intense and enlivening to come in contact with that, not because I didn't know it existed, but because I had no other choice. There's these moments in life where you know, you're going to be very connected to your power and you're going to have this very, you know, grounded essence to you as you're taking your next steps. And it's going to very much so feel like it's you and God and your power is, is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And those moments are beautiful. And then there's these other moments where you're so surrendered, you're so untethered you're from what you think you should know. You're so in trust and in flow with the exact moment that's in front of you that you don't have access to your power. You actually merge with God's power. And that teaches you about what you're made of. And it teaches you where you came from. And it teaches you what you're truly capable of. So as I pull up to the villa, I park the car, I walk in, and I am just in awe of where God has placed me. There's not a human in sight. The nearest anything is like 25 minutes away. And I remembered one time when I was screaming into the mic at y'all during Faith and Fortitude, and I said, oftentimes God will isolate you to evolve you. Don't confuse being alone with being left behind. And here I am standing in this villa alone, and I could appreciate the aloneness and appreciate the isolation because I knew what God was about to do in me which was I taught kingdom codes a few days later and 
the woman that I was as I taught that was unrecognizable. There were many moments during that class where I, I, as I was hearing myself speak, I was like, what is even coming out of my mouth? This is absolutely not me. This is not in a bad way, but it was just, it was flooring me as I was teaching it. This is all a product of trusting the void. There is a part of your life that is going to blow your mind, not because you knew it was coming or because you manifested it or because you had all the power and all the forces in the world to make it happen, but because God was like, let me blindfold you. And then when you open your eyes, you're not just going to see what you think you need to see. You're going to see the vision that I've chosen for you. And that's what this trip really represented was, God, show me the vision that you have chosen for me. And when we can live our life with that depth of trust, the momentum will carry us to places that we can't even dream up with our actual human minds. And we start to trust how good life can really get. And that trip in Italy, that moment in the, in the, adventure and the journey completely redefined my my lever like what I my joy capacity just went completely through the roof and then I was com- opened up to this absolutely new unfamiliar level of love that I d- didn't even know was possible so the rest of the trip was able to then ride on that momentum and ride in that vehicle Until I got to Miami, I was going to talk about London and some other locations, but I want to save that for a different episode. But I got to Miami and after I wrapped up all my Europe adventures, the plan was for me to fly to Miami, meet all my best friends because they were throwing me a birthday celebration and we were going to celebrate my birthday and that was going to be kind of like the perfect threshold and transition back into the U.S., As I'm flying from Portugal to Miami, I'm having such a hard time. Like I am deeply sad. I'm experiencing a lot of grief, feeling like I'm going back too soon, wondering if I'm making a mistake and just really questioning like, is like, where am am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to be doing? Because on this trip, I fell in love with who I was and the life that I was living. And I was really starting to picture myself there on a in a longer way and on a longer ride. And so as I'm getting to Miami, it feels like I'm going away from everything and all of the momentum, like I'm leaving it behind. Once I get there, I start to sabotage big time. Like I start to focus on every small, my Virgo hypervigilance was in full-blown attack. I was focusing on so many small things that didn't matter. Like the room, I felt like the minute I got into my room, I was immediately comparing it to all my rooms in Europe. And I was like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. When I ate my first meal, like everything, I was just picking it apart and really putting myself in a bad space mentally. And on the next day, because I got in a day early, on the next day, all my girlfriends landed and I was just in a bad mood. I was not, I was just not in a good place. I was trying really to put on a good face and be happy to see them because obviously I hadn't seen them in a month and they're my 
they're my people, my best friends, but I was just having a really hard time emerging from what I just experienced. And I felt like a stranger in my own friend group. I felt like a stranger in my own country. It was very, very strange. And everybody gets there. I, instead of welcoming them, spend the first 24 hours in argument, I wouldn't say a full-blown argument, but in a conflicted conversation with the hotel about my room and needing them to change my room. And I'm going to like great lengths. Like I'm talking to upper management at this point. And you know when you complain about something and then by the time you get to like the last person on the, you know, that you need to talk to to handle it, you're like, I don't even actually know what I'm asking for. Like I just need a hug. <laughs> so I'm talking to upper management and I'm like, in the middle of me talking to him, God bless his soul. I'm like, what am I even doing? What do I want right now? <laughs> he ends up giving me what I think I want. He's like, we can't change your room right now, but we can change it tomorrow. And I go, fine, I'll change the room tomorrow. So then I go back upstairs. I tell my sister, I was like, we're getting the new room. And she's like, well, aren't you excited? And I was like, no. I don't even know why we need a new room. And I'm so confused why we're here. And she goes, what's actually happening? And I go, I think I'm trying to mess this whole thing up because who the heck am I to go live in Europe for five weeks, go experience the most tremendous joy I've ever experienced, and then have all my best friends fly across the country to be with me in Miami to celebrate my birthday? Like, certainly I need to mess this entire thing up because this is too much joy. It's too much goodness. It's too much moving through my body. It's too much velocity. It's too much of God's power. It's too much of God's provision. And I was rejecting it. I was trying to slow it down. I, I literally did not know how to receive all of what was coming to me and through me. It was like every crappy thing that has happened in Miami, like as everybody was flying in, it disintegrated it. It like evened it all out. It was like that car that was going downhill. All of a sudden the road, road just flattened and it was like click, 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 click. Now it all makes sense. And John's going to be like, this episode is about to be two hours. Hurry up. But I swear I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> so I'm trying to kill my Miami trip. And it dawns on me that it's not about the room. It's not about the environment. It's not about where I am. It was about me not feeling equipped and able to process, receive, and be in that much goodness. And so I put down the sword and I put down whatever I was trying to change in the moment and really focused the rest of that trip on making it my responsibility to receive God's gift and God's vision because God was actually placing me in a vision that I didn't even choose for myself. And I want somebody to hear that very clearly. There's visions that God has chosen for you that you have no idea. There's dreams that you dream, but there's a vision that God's going to pull from that dream that you're going to be so taken aback by and surprised by. And then even after all that, then God's going to have my dad fly in for 24 hours. And I was like, what is going on? My dad and I 
didn't speak for many years in my childhood. We've worked our butts off to be in the place that we are today. So for him to fly in, be with all my friends, celebrate my birthday with me and cross this threshold was just like, God is really trying to rip me open right now because I am absolutely unwell and unable to comprehend what is happening. And all this to say, when you're considering momentum in your life, it is going to feel like the car is speeding downhill. It is going to feel like every lever is being ripped off and you're becoming this new person and you can't keep up with everything. And it's going to be like so much good on top of good on top of good if you allow it to be revealed to you. And rather than pause it, sabotage it, try to question it, allow that dream to live in the void with you. Allow that void to be the place that you link arms with God and watch how God takes that dream and turns it to a vision that blows your mind. And then have the ability to slow down enough to be able to receive that vision so that it becomes part of who you are. Because there's so many people who are afraid that the rug is going to get ripped up from under them, that something bad is going to happen on the other side of it, or that they're going to lose it. But you cannot lose what you become. And if you receive it and let it become a part of who you are, you will never lose it. So I may never be able to put into adequate language the the trip, the trip to Europe, all the things that happen. I might not be able to, to share every single bit of it. I didn't document the whole thing. But one thing I know for sure is that it lives inside of me, is that it changed something down on the inside of me, is that it's now a part of my fabric, my existence. And nothing can ever take it away. And I have stabilized it through my receiving of it. And I know that somebody needs to hear this, needs to be reminded that it's okay to turn the corner. It's okay to trust the next step. It's okay to give yourself to the momentum because God is casting a vision through you that is going to be so beautiful and so joyful. And that chaos that it feels like at first is not bad. It's actually the good stacking on top of good, stacking on top of good and coming together in your favor. I love you and I will see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Holy Guest Podcast. I am so grateful that you're here and we get to do this work together. Connect with me on Instagram at I am Victoria Washington and let me know how this episode landed for you. I genuinely read and listen to every single message that comes through and I love receiving your stories, your feedback, your reflections of how these teachings are being woven into your life, your business, your relationship with God. Be sure to check the show notes below for ways to go deeper in this work and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Holy Yes Podcast. All right, y'all, if you love today's episode, we're going even deeper inside the faith-based business bundle. This is a new body of work that bridges faith and entrepreneurship in a way that I have never seen done before. The testimonials coming out of this space are absolutely sensational. The depth, the exhilaration, the vitality that's coming alive in the women who have joined the bundle is quite literally blowing my mind. It is based off of one assignment to prioritize God at the center of your mission and to simplify your relationship with money in a way that brings you into peace with the evolution of your business. 
We are going to be going through three master courses over three months, and each of them touches on different parts of your business, how to add velocity and volume to what it is that you're doing in the world. Master course number one was taught in October Kingdom Codes. So when you join the bundle, you get immediate access to the three-day Kingdom Codes master course. And then you're going to be able to join us for our upcoming journey in November, Prosper Through Prayer. And then our final journey is going to be in December, The Covenant. Each of these master courses is available a la carte, or you can bundle and save. And with the bundle, you get a bonus to join the Fulfilled by Faith broadcast channel. The reason why I created this bonus is because when you're starting to reconnect with God in a deeper way, and you're watching how God's genius is actually fulfilling your business in this entirely new way that you've never experienced before. The first thing that you want to do is share it with other people. So there's a whole network of faith-based entrepreneurs that are coming together inside the broadcast channel. And then you also are going to be able to get additional Q&A with me and access to all the bonus audios that I drop between our journeys. So it's a whole ride. I would be honored to have you inside with us. You can head to the show notes. I am victoriawashington.com slash faith-based business bundle. And it's there you can sign up for either the bundle or any of the master courses a la carte.